All right. So as um, Megan kind of said during our announcements, uh, we're starting a new sermon series this week called Reconnecting or Reconnect. Um, And we're sort of just looking at some of the ways in which we find ourselves disconnected in the world um, and how we can, yeah, reconnect to ourselves, to our communities, to Christ and to creation. And so those are kind of the four themes or topics that we're focusing on. Um, And so this week we're going to talk about self. So, you know, how do we refine ourselves and how do we reconnect to ourselves sort of as we um, move through our lives and experience changes and um, a lot of different things that can happen to us. And so um, the first scripture that I wanted to sort of focus us on um, is from Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 through 27. Uh, And if you know me or have heard me preach or have had conversations about theology, I use this verse all the time because I think it's, in my opinion, it's the most important verse in the Bible. Um, And it says, Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image to be like us. Let them be stewards of the fish in the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, the wild animals, and everything that crawls on the ground. And so humankind was created as God's reflection. In the divine image, God created them. Female and male, God made them. And I think this is the verse that sets up the ways in which we interact with ourselves and the ways in which we interact with Scripture and also with God, sort of. Um, It sets the foundation for who we were created to be. And so we were created in the image of God as a reflection of God. And I think that's really crucial into understanding who we are. Because I think that reconnecting with yourself is primarily about having a deep understanding of who you as a person are. That um, we have to understand, in order for us to live into our personhood, in order, in, in order for us to connect to ourselves, we have to understand ourselves. And this verse, I think, allows us to understand ourselves a little bit more deeply because it reminds us that no matter what we may think of ourselves or what we've done or sort of how we frame our worldview, there's always this constant reminder in the very first chapter of the entire Bible that tells us that we are created in the image of God. And um, one of the things that I really like about this verse as well is that when you're reading the creation story, sort of after each day, um, uh, the sort of last piece of it, it says that, you know, God said it was good. God said it was good. So God created, you know, separated lightness and darkness, and then God said it was good. But after we are created in the image of God, it says, and God said it was very good. And so I think that really reinforces this idea of what it means for us to be created in the image of God and to reflect sort of this divine image. Um, And I've I've always really struggled with the theology that says we're inherently bad and sinful people. Um, that's always been something that's been like a wall that I hit when I, when I talk to people about theology. Um, because I don't know um, that it's accurate. Because this verse is telling us that we're created in the image of God. And I think that makes us inherently good. That if we're reflecting the divine image within our beings, 
it's really hard for me to frame that as us being inherently bad and sinful people. I think it's, it, it, it sort of makes us inherently good, and then sometimes we make bad choices or make mistakes or do things to harm ourselves or to harm others. But that at the end of the day, the core, center, foundational piece of who we are is that we are good. And I think the reason why I think that's such an important thing for us to focus on is that... Um, you know, when you're trying to do something, if you go into it thinking that you're going to fail or that you're not good at it, the likelihood of you doing the thing, I think, dramatically decreases. But that when you go into something with confidence and with knowledge that you're capable and of doing it and that you have the potential to do it, you're more likely to live into that idea of yourself. And I think this is the same thing, that as, you know, God calls us to move forward as human beings, if we sort of start with the idea that we're inherently good and capable and full of potential, then we're more likely to be good and capable and full of potential. And so that's why I kind of want to reframe the way that we think that sometimes. Um, and, you know, we often act out of the thoughts and ideas and beliefs that we have of ourselves. So if we think we're not a good singer, for example, we're probably not going to sing in public because we already have this belief about ourselves that we're not good at it, so like, why should we even do it, right? Or um, if we think that we're inherently you know, good at something and we believe that we're good at something, then we're more likely to do it because we think we're good at it, right? Um, and this is all about like beliefs about ourselves and expectations. There's been uh, studies done in educational psychology um, where students were given tests. They were all had, took the same exact test, but the results didn't matter. It was just that these researchers then told, gave grades back to the to the children that were just totally made up. So they weren't like actual reflections of how well they did on the test. It was just they gave random scores to random kids. And then they followed the progress of the kids throughout the next like six months. And the kid who they told had better scores on this intelligence test did significantly better in school than the kids that they told did, had bad grades. Does that make sense? So they set these expectations for these kids and they told some of them which we can talk about whether that was an ethical study for them to do, but the, the results were still there, and that's what we're focusing on. Um, but yeah, the, the kids that they told were smart acted smarter and lived into that, and the kids that they told were less intelligent lived out the idea that they were less intelligent. And the grades that these kids achieved in school perfectly matched the fake grade they got on the intelligence test. And so again, it's just this idea that as humans, we live into the expectations and the beliefs that are placed upon us or that we have for ourselves. And so again, I think if we can live into and truly believe that we are inherently good people because that's who God created us to be, then I think that we're going to have a better chance of being good people in this world who are fighting for love and justice and bettering ourselves and growing and all that. And so that's why I think that's such an important verse for us to focus on, because if we ground ourselves in that, I think that we as a community will be better and do better.
Another verse that I wanted us to, to sort of check out um, that sort of takes us to the next step of, of this created in the image of God is from Psalm 139, uh, verses 13 through 14. And it said, You created my inmost being and stitched me together in my mother's womb. For all of these mysteries, I thank you. For the wonder of myself and for the wonder of your works, my soul knows it well. And so our souls know that we're wonderfully, another version of this scripture says, is the one where it says, you know, thank you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And that might be one, you know, the verse that you might have heard before. Um, but either way, it's saying that our souls know that we are wonderfully made. Um, they know that the works of God are wonderful and that we as human beings are one of those works. Um, but the issue is that I don't think we always know our souls very well, right? So our souls are like sort of our inmost being, and they inherently know this goodness that God created us in. Um, but we don't always know that consciously. We're not always uh, that well connected to what our souls are trying to tell us. Um, and I think it's really important that we figure out that thing. And there's that verse that says, be still and know that I am God. And I think a lot of times we also need to be still and know that I am me. And that I, what, I, what I mean by that is I think we have to be still sometimes and find out who we truly are. We need to figure out what our core values are. And I think once we start to find those <laughs> core values and those deepest places of our beings, then we start to really know who we are, right? And so, you know, that's what we as a church did. We sat down and we said, what are our core values going to be? Because if we don't know what our core values as a church are, we don't know how to live out those things in the world. We sort of become an aimless um, ship, you know, a ship without a rudder. Um, and so we sat down, you know, early on in this process of church building and said, what are our core values? Like, Based on what we know about God and based on what we know about Scripture and based on what we know our calling is as a community, what are our core values so that we can anchor ourselves in those core values and move forward with those as our guiding principles? And I think that's a similar thing that we need to do as people, as humans, is what do we know about God? What do we know about ourselves? What do we know about all these things? And what does that tell us about who deep down we are and who we want to be? Because it's really easy for us to lose ourselves in the world's expectations of us. I know that that's easy for me. Um, that oftentimes society has a different set of core values than, than maybe the ones that God is calling us to. So a lot of times, you know, society is a, is a place of a scarcity mindset. So, you know, fear and greed and jealousy are things that a lot of times society and culture and all these other things want to like push us into. And then we oftentimes, those become our core value sets that we start to live out of, um, rather than realizing that God is calling us to a world of abundance and that those are the types of core values that we need to live into. And so if we aren't intentional about sitting down and identifying our core values and identifying the places that God is calling us to be, then we're going to lose ourselves in what, the expectations that maybe others have for us or that the world has for us that might not be as healthy 
And, and, and it doesn't really allow us to connect to ourselves because we're forced to look at what society wants rather than turning inward and saying, well, who's God actually calling me as an individual to be in this world? And so I think once we start to identify those values and we make that initial connection with ourselves, that's when growth starts to happen. I think that's when we start to move into a stage where we can grow because reconnecting with yourself is not a static process. It's not something that like, Boom, you happens, you reconnect with yourself, and then all of a sudden you're good to go for the rest of time, right? Like it's a, it's a constant process of us needing to evaluate and learn and grow and sort of put all these pieces together. And there's another verse um, from Proverbs chapter 19, verse 8, and it says, To get wisdom is to love oneself. To keep understanding is to prosper. And there's another version of the verse which reads, Those who find wisdom nurture their own souls, and those who cherish understanding find prosperity as well. And so, gaining wisdom, according to Scripture, is one way in which we love ourselves. It's one way in which we nourish our souls is by gaining wisdom. And wisdom is not the same as knowledge or information, right? You know, This scripture isn't encouraging us to be good at trivia or to amass a bunch of information. This, you know, because that's what knowledge is, is just amassing information. Wisdom is knowing what to do with that information, how to integrate that into your life, how to turn it into a practical thing that can help you grow as a person. And so I don't know if you've ever seen that um, quote. I think it's kind of Silly, but it it illustrates the point, I think, fairly well, where it says, knowledge is knowing a tomato is fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad. And I think that's kind of the the sort of sums up the difference between knowledge and wisdom. And and scripture is telling us to seek wisdom. So it's it's saying find information, but then learn how to integrate that into your life so that you create a process of growth and transformation. Because wisdom is taking the things that you know and that you've learned and then using them to improve your life, which is what growth is. And, you know, Scripture tells us that seeking wisdom is a way to love yourself, that growing is a way to love yourself. It's something that nourishes your soul, and it's something that reconnects us with who we are and who God made us to be. And so... You know, this is sort of like a, I think, a real basic and sort of generic blueprint on how to reconnect with ourselves. And of course, it has to be individualized, right? Because this is a process of reconnecting with you, yourself, who you are. And so, um, but I think, yeah, that, that we have to understand who we were created to be. And, and scripture is clear that we were created to be good, capable, potential, humans full of potential, That we also have to sit with ourselves. We have to be willing to learn more about ourselves, to sit, to say what matters, what are our values, and understanding that that society doesn't get to decide what those are. Society doesn't get to tell us that we have to believe these things and live into these things, but that we get to sit with ourselves and we get to sit with God and we get to say, what are the core values of my life? And then we use all of this information to grow. We live into our potential and into our value as human beings. Because the more that we move into 
these things that we learn about ourselves, the more we are connecting with our true selves. And I think that's the way of reconnecting with ourself is by listening to who God created us to be and then being that. And so if you'll please join me in a quick prayer. Gracious and loving God, we are so thankful that you created us. We are thankful that you created us in your image to reflect yourself so that we know that we are inherently good people, that we are capable of changing this world, that we are capable of living out your radical love to those around us, and that we have the potential to do great and wonderful things Um, in your name, God. And so I pray that as we move forward, that you work with us as we reconnect to ourselves, as we connect to who we were meant to be, God, that the, the people that you created us to be. And I pray that you walk with us on every step of that journey. And it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.